You might ask, do you know anybody that doesn't struggle with this? <laughs> because uh, I'm coming up blank. I mean, I've, I've met some people that have and do live exemplary lives, but they still get hurt. Yeah, we all hurt. We all, and, and uh, we retreat. That's your point that, that you're making is we back off. Thank you for joining us for Effective Heart Change. The podcast will discuss how to apply faith principles to real-life situations. This is Effective Heart Change. Well, Dale, it's good to be here for Effective Heart Change. How are you doing? It is good to be back, and uh, we've had a little uh, time away. Uh, Some people have to... uh, Bring new members into the family, and uh, congratulations <laughs> to Matthew. Uh, and he's been busy at home, and so we're back on back in the saddle, and then we'll let's see how it goes. On Tuesday, and sometimes we do a reflection of what goes on in class. And on Tuesday, I asked this question: I said, "What do you believe?" Well, everybody immediately is thinking the preacher man. He's talking about faith. He's talking about belief in God. Well, the preacher man wasn't talking about faith in God. I extended it to a different direction. What do you believe about relationships? And frankly, way too many people have a basic belief system of they're not worth it. In other words, they, they, the pain that you get out of relationship, it's too much. And so I'm going to radically limit my relationships. I'm going to live in a safe place. Well, first of all, there is no such thing as a safe place. But I'm going to live in this way where I kind of hide out and skate my way through life and maybe pick a person here and pick a person there and have highly limited relationships. Most people's belief system in the area of relationship is somewhere in the area of what I've just described. That's a sad look. It is. Uh, it, it really is. When you when you delve into it in any way, shape, or form, I I I personally believe that having close, intimate friendships is a rarity, and and I, I but that doesn't mean you you have to hide out and not not look for opportunities to engage. Well, why would that be a rarity? Well, part of it is, there's so many things in that. Uh, part of it is that, that we, don't, we don't make the effort to connect with others, and they're doing the same thing, and so that makes it less likely. Uh, proximity matters. Uh, some of my best friends, probably, well, there's exceptions. Uh, I've got really close friends in Oregon, and I have close friends in Kansas. That's where I spent most of my time. Uh, now, I've been a lot of places in between, but uh, that's part of it. But I don't think people, as you intimated, people aren't really looking uh, to have close relationships with somebody else. It's, it's more when it's convenient. Uh, and, and what I just said was a little bit of that because 
where I am, that's more convenient. I mean, it takes a little more effort or someone is a different part of the, of the country. But I'm going to go back to belief systems. If we really believed and there's espoused beliefs and there's real beliefs, if you really believed that was the marrow of life, I almost think, man, I'd push a little harder. I would, I would move into that direction a little bit more. And so I just think there's a lot of that belief system of they're painful, they're messy, they're hard, they're not worth it. I'm just not going to put in the effort. And there's a belief system like that. And then let me go one other. Let me answer the question that I asked you. And I'm going to refer that back to married people. In the world of addiction, what happens? People are starving for value, and so they jump out there and they marry the first person that comes along, and it's a disaster, and it blows up. And the thing that I say about that is two, two unhealthy people cannot have a quality relationship. In fact, one healthy person and one unhealthy person can't have a quality relationship. The only way you can have a quality relationship is a healthy person and a healthy person. And that's part of the answer to the question that I asked, why do more people not have quality relationships? It's called this word healthy, and a lot of people aren't there. And then let's tag team it with the topic that I opened up, which is belief systems. Many times people don't have that belief system of it's worth it to fight through all of the obstacles to get to a place of being healthy, and it's worth it to fight through some of that filtering that has to go on to find someone else who is healthy, because it's, it really is and can be a lot of work. And there's a, a, a factor of expectation. Uh, we tend to uh, see people uh, differently than they are. And part of it is what they're projecting, but a big part of it is how we're perceiving. And, and we tend to see the best or see the worst. It's kind of either or. And if we see the worst, we're not going to have anything to do with them anyway, which that's the way we see most people. Uh, and when we think we see the best uh, of, of things and it, it appeals to us, then we jump in without really uh, doing any kind of inventory on ourselves and on them as well. And then out of those expectations, you see the best, you get disappointed, that disappointment is painful. Well, I guess this one didn't work out either. And so then the belief system is just undergirded all the more of relationship isn't worth it. And it's not worth it primarily because of one simple word, pain. I'm not willing to do pain. And because people don't know how to handle pain, don't know how to work with it, then I'm going to keep my distance, hopefully minimize my pain, but you also minimize the possibility of quality relationship. So what attracts us uh, is something we're looking for. I, I, that would seem reasonable to me. And what happens is uh, we overdo, we see everything that lines up with our vision and, and ignore those things that aren't. And then the next thing that we tend to do in relationships is get things out of order. 
<laughs> we rush ahead, particularly a man-woman relationship. Uh, it's, it's a physical attraction and pursuing that uh, to many different levels and, and never really connecting on a human basis other than that physical. What I say is once the physical starts, the friendship stops. The power of sexual attraction is so incredible. It's, it's so dynamic, and immediately, because the hormones are high and, and everything is so strong, then how can I ever relate to you in a relationship sort of a way just because that, that, that pull towards a hormonal high in me is so strong that all of a sudden you become an object to me and it's like, okay, are, are we going to have this time together? Is it going to generate this thing? And the whole idea of us just being relaxed and being in communication in a way where we can have a quality relationship that is not selfish and that is not built around that, what I find with people, once the physical starts, the relationship side, the building of the friendship side is pretty much done. And people don't like to hear that, but that, I believe, is part of why God says, uh, don't do this physical stuff. It comes after marriage. There's an order to it. Yes. Uh, I was, <laughs> while you were describing that, I, I, Mick Jagger came to my mind. I can't get no satisfaction. Uh, not exactly what he was singing about, but, but that's the case. We, when we get it out of order, when we rush ahead, I've been there, done that, and, and I can attest to the fact that it, it not only screws up, well, your, your, your thinking's already screwed, maybe screws it up more, and it also uh, affects the other person in a negative way because then you're throwing that co-participating uh, in something that's it's going to throw things a kilter. We're talking about what do we believe about relationships and there's a lot of hidden belief systems that really impact our ability to meet, greet, grow relationships, have intimacy. And again, I'm not talking physical. Have intimate friendship relationships mm. that will build us. It's incredibly powerful. It's one of the things that will make life meaningful. And many people really don't know how to walk it out. So we will take a break and then we will continue. Well, let's start with the one word, pain. <laughs> you're such a pain. Just, oh, thank you. I, I, I am oh, you're, such, my, you're one of my favorite pains. I'm one of your favorite <laughs> pains. Yeah. You know, that actually works because part of what I'm getting ready to say is you can't do relationship until you understand pain, the place of pain, and how to handle it in a healthy way. That is, that, that is a, a great observation because... Uh, we have this fairy tale vision of relationships, whether they're uh, friends, uh, intimates, whatever. Uh, we we tend to this is going to be so great, and uh, we won't have any problems. And it isn't long before that's prov proven false. And, and I believe you basically have two choices. Number one, lower your expectations. 
which we already talked a little bit about that. So I'm going to lower my expectations. I'm going to lower my connection so that I lower my pain level. Or option number two, which I think is fantastic, it's called the grace of God. And a lot of times people, when they're we're talking about the grace of God, they're thinking just about the forgiveness side. But the grace of God has two sides. One side is the forgiveness side. The other side is the empowerment side. And so that empowerment is, is when, when the Holy Spirit literally comes alongside. If I'm going to walk out a quality relationship with you, I become more intimate. I become more connected. You can only be hurt by what you care about. So the deeper the relationship gets, the higher the chance that it's going to hurt me deeply. I mean, that think about that that dynamic. Well, then somewhere in there, when that deep pain comes along, if it's just you and me, I've got to be able to handle that pain. How do I handle the pain? So you said first choice was to lower your expectations, and then it's God. Well, that's to raise the expectation. And, and that's, that's pretty radical thinking for, for almost the whole population because it's like, if it isn't easy, I, I don't know if I can handle it, you know? That's, the, that's really the confession that we're making when we lower, keep lowering. And, and really, uh, once we start with that lowering our expectation, it's, it's the, a change of direction that is very, very difficult. The, the likelihood is you're going to keep lowering the expectation until there is no expectation. So raising it, uh, there's hope there, uh, a hope for, for a continuing relationship and a growing. And, and I believe the only way to really raise those expectations is to be able to understand the grace of God and the, what I'm talking about. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, God comforts us, the Holy Spirit comforts us, and once we've been comforted, then we're able to comfort others with the comfort with which we have been comforted. It's an incredible verse. So I'm starting to build relationship with you. The deeper that relationship gets, the more likely I'm going to get hurt, and not just hurt, but hurt deeply. And the way of the world at that point is, well, I'm just done with relationship. Instead, what God says with his grace, he says, my grace is sufficient. In fact, he says, my grace is more than sufficient, more than enough. It's more than the power of sin. So I have a promise from God, an actual promise from God. If I'm hanging out with you and there's deep pain in that relationship, The grace of God is greater than that pain and can bring a level of comfort and a level of healing into that relationship. So I get get a can't lose type of a thing. I get a promise from God to come in and heal and comfort me in that situation. And then once I've received that, I can turn around and give that same comfort to you. What's that going to do for our relationship? It's like... You're welcome. Come in. Uh, some of the things we've been talking about lately uh, have really hit hit me in the heart because uh, the patience and uh, direction that God 
gives to life, to my life, to you, to whoever, whomever's life that receives him and continues to pursue. Uh, he has laid out the best life we can possibly have. And, and the, the more we're in tune with God thinking, uh, the, the better our life will be. And like you say, you can't give what you don't have. And, and the way, only way it's going to go in is from above. Uh, God's, God's speaking, God's acting, God's positioning us for success. And, and we, can, we can agree with it and work with him. Or we can say, no, I know better. Uh, and, and it really is, uh, given an opportunity, uh, you see results that uh, on the, in the long run you go, oh, I'm, I, I want to find out what's out, out there, really. And I can put my thinking and my feelings aside and, and see what God has in store. Back to that phrase, you can't give away what you don't have. What I was describing about receiving the grace of God, you and I, we've, we've talked, there's been a difference, there's intense pain. The normal tendency at that point is, I'm going to go with a shallower relationship with you to protect me, but instead, I connect with God, I receive healing in that, I'm able to come back, I'm able to offer you something that was even greater than was there before. You feel loved, you feel accepted, you feel valued. The selfish side of you at that point is going to go, I want more of that relationship. And so instead of that pain driving a wedge between us, it actually creates a hunger. It actually creates a thirst for, wow, I want to connect on a deeper level. And then there's this thing, there's this magnetism going on back and forth that's like, wow, uh, I think you're a pretty special person. Well, I'm, I'm thinking you're special back. And that's where really a lot of the meaning of life really begins to settle in. Uh, I remind, I'm reminded of the story, the, the, the lady and the tiger. Uh, someone's put in front of two doors and given a choice. One's got a lady behind it and one's got a tiger behind it. Well, uh, when we get to that point that we're able to see with a different light, the light of, light of God shines on it and it, it looks... Uh, we're almost guaranteed to make a perfect choice no matter where we go. And other people who look like tigers that you don't want to have anything to do with, you're, you're open to the possibility, hey, we started out and we didn't see each other. My, my neighbor across the street, uh, we waved at each other. And, and gradually, we had enough exchanges now we visit back. He comes over and sits in my sitting place, and I go and over to his side of the street, and we talk. So it's, you're open to new possibilities. When you have success with one person, instead of it just being all about that one person, even in a deeper relationship, it opens you up to possibility that, hey, a little effort with someone else. And that's happened to me a lot in the last five years, probably, because I am more open to what, and, and the, the sessions uh, with the group are uh, opening possibilities for new connections. I believe people have basically one of two belief systems in terms of relationship. Either the pain is not worth it, so I go more shallow, more protected, 
all of those kinds of directions, or the grace of God is enough. When you really begin to understand that the grace of God is enough and you get the grace of God poured into those pain spots, it will be transformational in your life. And that's a huge belief system that will help you walk into a place of quality relationship. Let's talk about where we've been and we'll continue right after this. Well, we're talking today about what do you believe about relationships? This is actually kind of a great precursor, and I'm, I'm going to do an advertisement. Uh, starting the first week in August, we're going to do a series called Let It Go. And Let It Go is, is going to be all things forgiveness. It's going to be critical spirit. It's going to be grief. It's going to be, uh, you know, the forgiveness, all the classics. But we're going to walk through, I, I believe in this phrase, that God comes to those who make room for him. And one of the biggest ways that we block out God is we, we get that grip and we hang on tight. And one of the things that we hang on the tightest to is pain. And so when you have this belief system that I'm, you know, it's not worth it. I will not do pain. So I'm not going to do relationship, and, and that's where you're at. Simply that, that phrase, let it go, uh, that, that in, ends up being a powerful phrase, and we're, we're going to do several weeks, uh, probably in the number of teens uh, on that one, where we really explore that. How does it happen? What does it look like? But in today's program, we're just talking about what's your belief system? And do you believe relationship is worth it? And way too much of the time, if you could get people to be honest, if you could get them to think about what we've been talking about today, they would, they would have to say, no, the pain is not worth it because you, it's, it really is almost either or. You're either grabbing hold of the grace of God and understanding how that works, or you're living in the pain and controlled by it. And the problem we get into is it's my pain. You know, my pain is, is a big deal because it's my pain. And, and you have really no idea. And, and so shame on you for causing me to have pain. Well, when we have that self-centeredness, and that's pretty normal, uh, we're bound to have a misconception of what's actually going on. And, and we miss out on the reality I believe that uh, uh, that pain uh, can be useful. That pain can be a place of birth instead of death. And, and, uh, because uh, when and if you survive it, uh, there are new possibilities. And uh, new possibilities uh, give hope. And hope opens doors. And open doors are possible new relationships. And, and that progression uh, is, is not only healthy, it's wonderful. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times uh, myself and everybody that I've been close to has isolated themselves, ourselves, to a point that they feel like 
they're fighting the world and everything in it by themselves. And that's what happens when we decide, no, I'm not having anything to do with anybody because I'm, I'm going to be safe. It's not a safe place. The worst place you can go is alone. You mentioned pain. Hebrews 12, 11 says, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Think about that. There it is. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And frankly, that verse, as much as anything, really brings home this idea that what do you believe about relationships? And the thing that I want you to take away from this, maybe more than anything else, is it is worth it. And here's my belief system. The marrow of life, the the best stuff of life, the quality of life is in relationship. And if you do not have relationships, you cannot have a quality life. You've you've got the superstars out there making millions, winning championships, etc., and they're 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 in suicidal mode. You know, I mean, it's just like it's it's not a quality life. All of the glitz, all of the glamour, all of the stuff that's out there that we look at and, uh, that will satisfy me, that will fulfill me. It doesn't work. And the thing that I believe about relationship more than any other thing is it will determine the quality of life and. Certainly, you've got the God relationship, but we're too human. We're too much human. We're too much created at this earthly level. If you don't have the human side of relationship working, can you have a quality life? I'm reminded of the quote I shared with you uh, last week uh, that I ran across, that uh, we are not human beings looking for the spiritual, we're spiritual beings looking at the human. Uh, And when you were talking about uh, settling with your fight, the expression I wrote down is we need to make peace with our pain. Uh, It isn't that you just forget it because it's real. The pain is real. But when we can learn to make peace with that, uh, and that's inviting God. That's how, that's how that peace is going to come, a peace that passes understanding. Well, and I'm going to talk about purpose. Pain is painful unless we can see a latter end. Uh, Jesus gives the example of childbirth, that the woman who's in childbirth can see a baby coming. And because the woman can see a baby coming, I'm willing to endure this pain. And the Hebrews verse that I read to you talks about a a bringing forth. The chastening brings forth righteousness. It brings forth consistency. And that's what I'm continually about in my life. It's like, okay, I want to grow. I, I want to bring forth more fruit. I want to have more quality relationships. I want to spread the love of God. I want to spread the life of God. And I know that in the process of that, I'm going to have growing pains. There's going to be a level of stretching and pain there. But I look at that and it's like, it's worth it. If I can grow, it's worth it. And then when I'm reaching out to other people, I know they're going to have growing pains. I know that when I cause them, and maybe that's not the right language, but when I cause those growing pains by my words and actions, that's going to come back on me, and that's going to hurt, and so I'm going to need the comfort of God. I'm going to need the grace of God. There's pain all through that mixture, but I've got a vision 
that God has a purpose and he's at work, that's incredibly powerful in relationship. So in that vision you described right then, I see the cross because there's the, there's the vertical beam of the cross, and that's the relationship God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost with an individual. And then there's the crossbar, and that's relationship with others, with other people, with other humans. And, and we're intended, it, it's all part of the picture. And, and we're intended to not only be in that relationship with God, but we're intended to engage and, and give what we have uh, to everybody that we're around. And, and the degree that we're successful to that is the degree that the connection, the vertical connection, uh, it provides and it will uh, magnify. If you go back to what I was saying, I don't think you can do quality relationship without understanding, without receiving that grace of God. So you've got that vertical piece. Mm -hmm. But once I've got that, I have comfort to give away. You feel safe. You feel loved. You feel valued. I start having quality relationship with you. Absolutely, the two of those work together. It's a need. It's a need we have. Amen. Let's take a break, talk about uh, where we've been, and we will continue. Well, today we're doing a program on what do you believe about relationship, and it is a precursor to a series that we're going to be doing called Let It Go that I believe is going to be transformational to many people. How many people do you know who are wounded, hurting, walking around in pain, struggling with life issues, all of those sorts of things? And I believe that series will help people walk through that. And as a part of that, I just want to do an advertisement. I, I want to challenge our, our listeners, our, our viewers. Go ahead and get subscribed to our YouTube channel, Live Free Ministries, and put in my name, David Case, if it doesn't pop up, but the Live Free Ministries channel and subscribe. And, and we ask you to share that with other people because I do believe that this stuff, this Let It Go series can be powerful in people's lives. How many people do you know? How many people do I know? How many people do the people out there know who struggle in these relationship areas and so their life is a mess and they're in pain and they don't know what to do about it? These are tools that can help people walk through that, get to a better place and begin to experience a better life. You might ask, do you know anybody that doesn't struggle with this? That, that's a good point. <laughs> because. Uh, I'm coming up blank. I mean, I've, I've met some people that have and do live exemplary lives, but they still get hurt. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We all hurt. We all, and, and uh, we retreat. That's your point that, that you're making is we back off. What do you believe about relationship? It's an incredibly powerful question. And too much of the time, the answer to that question is, it isn't worth it. I'm going to go shallow. And, and that is so sad. And it's such a waste. And, and I, I'm talking to myself, but I'm sharing that expression because I recognize 
uh, that those are my worst moments when I when I isolate when I when I draw back. We talk about God not being there. Well, He's there. Uh, we're just not paying attention. We're we're saying, "Hey, you've you've you haven't done to me any good here. Leave me alone." And we do that to everybody around us, and and then we feel isolated. We put ourselves in isolation, and in the process of doing that, we lose hope because n- nobody's paying attention. I, I'm convinced that my problem is the biggest problem in the world, and my pain is the biggest pain in the world. And I look around, and nobody's paying attention. What's the deal? Yeah, that's that's a big one. You know, how many times when I'm working with people do they anticipate the worst from me? I mean, they just know I'm going to pound them. They just know I'm going to just mash them into the ground because they've been foolish, they've been stupid, etc. And it's amazing how much of the time that I end up surprising them, not because I'm good, but because I try to pray, listen to God, seek God, drink in the life of God, drink in the love of God, drink in the grace of God, so that when I go to see that person, typically, and I'm talking about especially with addicts, someone who's really messed up, they've done something bad, they, they, et cetera. Which is all of us. Which is all of us. <laughs> so, so they really have reason to anticipate some kind of a negative encounter. But if I'm able to take something of life, take something of meaning, of purpose, of value, and I love you, and hey, we can do this, and you can get better, over and over again, people are shocked by that message, and they're like, why did I isolate? Why did I pull back? I, I could have been in a better place much sooner, and, and you have all of that. But unfortunately, too many people aren't in touch with the grace of God, so they don't have that to give. You're in pain. Well, guess what? That creates a pain level in me, and so now we're both responding inside of our pain, and the quality of a relationship is, is, it's just not there. It's just not going to happen. But if one or the other can get in touch with God and extend that, all of a sudden, the entire dynamic of the relationship changes. What you've described is an intercession. You, interse- you intercede on the behalf of the other individual. Uh, I can feel your pain, is what you're saying. And, and uh, uh, you're not alone, is also what is intimated, or you may even come by and say that. But the fact that you're pointing that out opens the door. Now, they may or may not walk through it, but, but you've uh, given what you have to give. You're not going to solve the problem necessarily, but you can speak into their life on behalf of hope, on the behalf that I, I hear you, I, I can see that you're hurting. And I'm hurting with you, uh, and and that connection uh, has the potential to to flower and to grow. The biggest belief, the most important belief system about relationship, is actually almost not even about relationship. Okay, it is about the grace of God. I believe that the grace of God is greater. It is enough. It is more than enough. And when I really start believing that, then your pain no longer, the pain that I would get from you, from interacting with you, no longer intimidates me. 
But when we don't believe that, when we don't know that, know that we know that we know that, then I am continually intimidated by what's happening between us and by those expectations. And I'm watching and I'm, I'm playing avoidance games and I'm doing isolation games at times. And I'm going through all of the different unhealthy stuff that a lot of times comes out in relationship. The greatest thing you can believe about relationship isn't actually directly about relationship. And yet it's all about it. And because yes, it's where does relationship come from? Uh, and that's a knowledge of God and who God is, is priceless. Uh, without it, we really have a screwed up view of our lives and potential and uh, because he put us all here. That's the, that's the initial relationship, and it has gone from there. I want to ask you a question. Do you really want to live life to the fullest extent that you can? Do you want to have that, that richness? Do you want to have that quality of life? You can't do it apart from quality relationships. What do you believe about relationship? I hope you've heard some of the things that we've talked about. You're beginning to process and you start opening up to the grace of God, again, one more time, we'll really elaborate on that process during the Let It Go series. Get subscribed to the Live Free Ministries channel on YouTube or podcasts. Encourage other people to, to do that. And we look forward to seeing you next time on Effective Heart Change. things I always liked about athletics. Uh, I wasn't the type of person that wants to fight about everything and prove that I'm a man or anything like that, uh, or talk trash to somebody. But on the athletic field, I was able to hit, punish, <laughs> uh, exercise my demons, so to speak, and and uh, that was a healthy thing for me because uh, it kept me out of doing that on a negative, a really negative basis. Uh, that same thing was true for me because, I mean, I grew up almost in a pacifist atmosphere. Uh, we weren't actually Mennonite, but I grew up amongst Mennonites and. You know, my family, the whole attitude, incredibly pacifist. You don't fight, you don't fight back, you, you, et cetera. So, you know, in this whole part of my life, it was exactly like that. And so sports were kind of my one outlet to, oh, it's okay to, to be this wild man here. And I really, yeah, I did the exact same thing. And, and it's an interesting perspective that you get because, uh, your influences are saying, no, 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 no. And then you do this and it's, hey, that's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, and they're, they've, they've, they appreciate it 
as much as, well, not as much, but they appreciate what you're doing, which normally would be in that negative light. It's fun. That's part of what really is fun about athletics, at least for me. I was, I was able to turn loose and just live that competitive side of me that was just flat out. And, and it was okay. It was within the boundaries. But then the other end of it is when it becomes do or die, when, it, when it's everything, you know, my whole identity, my whole self-worth or anybody else's worth is dependent on how they do and, and whatever particular sport you take. Well, what I do with that is it's, it's almost all self-directed. So a lot of times I'm doing team sports. I mean, that's, that's primarily what I did. So I, I would have that harsh kind of attitude towards myself, but it's like I could discipline myself not to have it towards the teammates. You know, I would be positive and encouraging there, but I'm highly perfectionist in a way that would turn it inward. And, you know, that last part wasn't necessarily healthy, but it was effective in the sense that I was, I was pretty driven, you know, as an athlete and could be fairly effective. And yet, not necessarily negative, at least in a team concept. Well, my end of the, it was, <laughs> I was a point guard, I was a quarterback, and uh, I was a pitcher. So all three of those sports stuff re revolved around me, and so I felt the need to be the leader. And, and in doing that, uh, I was I could be critical, but I tried to do it in a in a way that encouraged and didn't discourage. Video production, editing, and audio by Matthew. Set design and setup by Ashley. Content recorded live at Studio 104.